Peter Piper picked a peck Stop of it. <laughs> what? Explosives. Explosives. I love that word so much because it sounds like someone saying explosives, but they're being real sassy about it. Explosives. <laughs> that's probably the whole cold uh, open. That sounds like it's from Pootie Tang or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, say that huh? i know it's a title of something but are you allowed to say that uh one time we were playing um trivial pursuit the 20 the like 25th anniversary or the 20th century edition sure or whatever um and that was a an answer that my grandmother had to read off ha! Ha! And it was like i was just it? old enough with, with grace of course um but i was like just old enough to like know that it was like not a thing you want your grandmother to say to you, <laughs> but also know that it was awesome that I had heard my grandmother say the phrase "put it down." Here comes the bride, all dressed in. Why do we do half the things we still do at weddings? And who's gonna write all those checks? It's my wedding. Industrial Complex. Welcome to My Wedding Industrial Complex, the wedding podcast for people who are afraid of weddings. I'm Liz. I'm Damon. Damon's here, guys. Everybody gather around. It's Damon's turn. <laughs> this is Damon's special day. Uh, Tegan's off doing Tegan stuff. I'm very proud of her for doing Tegan stuff. But today, Damon and I get to talk about mother-in-laws they're just in-laws well yeah i mean in-laws in general but like mother-in-laws Not is like the trope that's true that's very sad we do we do very luckily i like mine i like mine i like yours too i like yours also i'm biased <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i think both of our favorite moms are our own moms <laughs> Rude. but my favorite mother-in-law is your mom um that's it's like so I thought we would bring this up because, uh, like the trope of the like, uh, like the rude mother-in-law or like dealing with in-laws is a thing that's as old as marriage, and, um, I feel like we could spend a large amount of time talking over people on the internet who have crappy mother-in-laws and in-laws in general. But I thought maybe it would also be like a nice time to talk about like blending a family together. Cause like, that's the kind of thing that happens in marriages. What do you think, pal? Oh, I'm just thinking about blackish. I've what been watching. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of blackish and like mm-hmm. rainbow and Ruby's relationship is like my favorite. Just my favorite. Rainbow is, uh, um, the mom. Yeah. And Ruby is the, the, the grandmother. Mom. Okay. The, the mother-in-law of Dre. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a good show for people who don't watch it. Get out there and watch it. I've been watching a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Damon Damon picks a show usually and like works his way all the way through it. And generally, they're good shows. Like we did that with The Good Place. I get home first. So yeah. I have a Although lot of I feel time. like Good Place was my idea. Maybe. I don't know. Once I found out it was the same guy who did Parks and Rec. It I, was like all bets off. Yeah. Blast on through. Mm-hmm. You prefer Parks and Rec or 30 Rock? Oh, Parks probably. Mm. I think for jokes, I prefer 30 Rock, but for like heart, I prefer Parks and Rec. 30. This isn't what this podcast is about. No, but not at all. But 30 Rock is have like, you heard this podcast? 30 Rock is like a better like collection of jokes. I think mm-hmm. that 
Parks and Rec is a better sitcom. Yeah. Yeah, it's got yeah. more heart. 30, 30 Rock might be the better show. 30, 30 Rock is the better show. Parks and Rec is the better sitcom. Fair. Yeah. That's my opinion. I think that's a good opinion. Yeah. Uh, Liz Lemon or uh, Leslie Nope? Nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. 2014, 20, I think, was the year that she ran mm-hmm. for... First for Senate? City rep. City rep. Anyway, this is not a Parks and Rec <laughs> podcast. Uh, Damon, uh, let's talk about mothers-in-laws. Okay. Where do you want to start? I don't know. This is your show. I know. I'm a guest. I have to be the guy with all the ideas. <laughs> um, so you and I stumbled across a, a Reddit thread uh, called Just No. A subreddit. Subreddit. I don't yeah. know. I don't know from Reddit. I stay okay. out there. I'm a woman on the internet. And it scares me. <laughs> uh, it's like a city where like there's, there's there's like bad streets. There's bad streets and like alleyways you don't want to go down. Yeah, and like dumpster fires. Yeah, and, like a wrong side of the tracks. Yeah, and all that. Yeah, I stay on the parts that talk about Parks and Rec mostly, and but. Game of Thrones and and fun dog gifs. Yeah, I love fun dog gifs. They're the best. But this one subreddit. Just know M-I-L. Yes. Uh, a very interesting, like, not interesting. I find it very annoying. The like the acronyms that people give like other Seriously, people. It's never been easier to write something down. No. Like, you <laughs> don't need to abbreviate it further. Right. Like, Why don't you just copy? Your phone has a full keyboard. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> it used to be it used to be different when we were all typing things with a T9. Yeah. But now we all have full keyboards on our phones, and we all have full keyboards literally everywhere we go. So, like, you don't have to abbreviate. Expedience is not the issue. No. You don't have to be fast. You yeah. could just type out mother-in-law. That's fine. I think M-I-L, you eventually get the point. And like MIL is the one that's not. That's the most neutral one. That's me. the most neutral because that's actually a way that people address their mother-in-laws. What? Like in, not in like they don't say it out loud, but, but like MIL. But like if I'm reading literally anything and somebody writes down MIL in context of yes. a family member, I'm like mother-in-law. Yes. There are a ton of dumb like oh, relational. Yeah acronyms on that subreddit that just drive me nuts we were just talking about this earlier the like women not always women people in general talking on uh wedding like forums use the acronym dh for like dear husband and it makes my skin crawl (laughs) i hate it i don't know it just feels like very patronizing and like there's like that and then there's fh for like future husband which like just write fiance it's almost easier. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, four letters more? And I don't I have to type a shift don't key. Don't speak French. I don't have to put a shift key. It's a fiancé with F-I-A-N-C-E accent aigu if it's... No, wait, I don't think there's an accent on it if it's... I don't know. Allie will know. My sister, the French major, will know. Uh, but for males, there's one E, and for females, there's two E's because French is a gendered language, and they're going to have to catch the fuck up. To America, where we don't gender any of our words, but somehow people still get upset when you ask people to use a singular they. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> uh, grammar's a social construct. Yeah. But anyway, there's this subreddit called Just No MIL, Mother in Law. Yeah. About people's run ins with family members of theirs who are way too attached. 
to their children, perhaps, or just like going through a time. I have a sticky relationship with it because like it is part of like an internet subculture, not even really just like a, a human subculture, I would say of like it rides scratch all that. No, I'm just going to say the, the subreddit itself rides a very broad line. Mm -hmm. Like it goes everywhere from, uh, this is like an irritating, like an emotionally confrontational thing that I'm going through with my mother-in-law. Yeah, like clearly there are to, combative feelings, but we're not talking about them directly. Yeah. To like real, like scary, legal, and like emotionally abusive like relationships with yes. the parental figure of your of your marriage of your counterpart. Yeah. Like, well, like there was one that just seems so sad and fraught about like a uh, a person wrote in about how their daughter had an allergy like a nut allergy mm-hmm. or a banana allergy or something it was a nut allergy yeah. yeah and the mother-in-law didn't believe them that they had this allergy so instead of just like <laughs> instead of just avoiding those foods and being like i don't know if they're really that allergic she like kept trying to sneak like peanut butter sandwiches to her mm. and like sent the kid to the hospital and then the family, like, I think it was a woman writing the post and her, like, her husband had to, like, cut off contact with his own mother because she was trying to murder their kid by, like, not believing in allergies. Uh, and it's, like, I don't know. The My favorite ones mm-hmm. are uh, Mother-in-Laws in the Wild. Oh, yeah, where um, it's, like, a third party watching something It's just, like, a third happen. party and they see, like a lady who has clearly some like boundary issues with, (laughs) uh, with a child who like just sees a polite, uh, an impolite, but harmless interaction in public. That is like, you know, this family has some things to talk about, but no one really got hurt. And no one really has like anything, uh, any wounds to walk away from, right. you know? It's just like um, a, a, often a woman weirdly asserting dominance over a younger woman. Yeah, and it's like, those are fun, but it's the type of subreddit that, like, sometimes it's like... That woman needs mental health. Well, I was going to make an analogy to, like, dash cam oh. videos. Oh, like, yeah. Oh. Sometimes <gasps> they're fun, and sometimes... They're really not. And sometimes <laughs> it's like it's like when we go through gifts on Reddit, you and me. It's yeah. like sometimes they're a fun dog yeah. walking into a dog like, house so he can't fit in. And sometimes it's watching a man get hit by a car. Uh, yeah, it really depends on if it's a dash cam video from Russia or, or from, from the US. Brazil. Or Brazil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brazil is like Russia's Russia. No, yeah. you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out to all our Brazilian listeners. There's a Brazilian know. of them. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Boo is. Um uh so so that's how Reddit it does get very dark a lot of the time. And I think that there's this like it's a weird power dynamic that I don't I don't think is universal because I don't feel like that's happening with like my mother or your mother at all, but the like the thought of relinquishing a child to someone else. Especially in this, like, 
this weird like patriarchal rules of how families go that like this the mother is the provider of care and you wind up in a totally patriarchal society making women build their entire lives around taking care of their children and then when these children like grow up and move off and leave home and find a partner that partner especially if the child is a boy and the partner they find is a woman that partner is like taking the place of his mother in a gross way and i don't think it's universal but i think that's like a lot of where this like cultural ickiness around mother-in-laws comes from no i can i can definitely see that yeah you know and i think that's why i think that's why it's a trope that largely died off like like in the 50s and 60s or well 80s uh yeah i think it was well yeah i mean if we want to go kind of meta about it and as far as like the the cultural depictions of it Mm -hmm. like i think it was not super common but it was it was a trope that you could return to in a piece of media when a character was getting married or mm-hmm. was like segueing on to that next station in life, right. you know? Uh, and it kind of did maybe fall apart in the 1980s when all of a sudden, like it became very common to uh, depict divorced couples or unmarried or unmarried people. unmarried people as parental figures. I was wondering about that because I feel like the most recent example of like mother-in-law strife that I can think of is like blackish. Well, sure, <laughs> but they're like, they're fine. They hang out. Okay. They're just like mean to each other. But I'm thinking of like, um, everybody loves Raymond. Yeah. We're like, that's kind of the crux of the show. Yeah. And I think that like, but it does make me think that like the sitcoms that sprang up around that time are about young single people. So there's not a lot of mother in laws. After you mean like in the nineties and like around like yeah, everybody loves I Raymond think, and the aughts and stuff. Well, when I think of depictions following that, you know, kind of boom in the eighties of depicting uh divorced or widowed and widowed parents. Yeah. That, like it became Sitcoms became younger and like sexier after yeah. that, where it was young people living in urban areas and like navigating those social norms. Uh, and you lost a lot of that. Like the parental figures became, they just took on a different role and they didn't have that sparring partner of a spouse necessarily. Do you think that that comes back to like um, the age at which people get married? That like, in older generations of like TV, that was when like people were getting married very young, like to us today. And then like, as we're scooching towards present day, people are getting married later and later. So these like family tropes of like young people navigating like mother-in-laws is like falling away because that's not so relatable anymore to like the demographic that TV is being made for. I don't know if America can hear it right now, but my cat just decided to eat the crunchiest food. <laughs> I think there's a delay on it just because television is written by people older than the people that they're writing about. Yeah. Most often, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so I think it's the type of thing where you're maybe catching like a generation previous, Yeah, you know, which makes sense because I think, of course, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but <laughs> this is not a podcast with hard data. But divorce became more normalized in the 1970s. Yeah. And it took 
about a decade before it became more featured as how people were growing up in homes on television. Yeah. And that's, you know, not unreasonable for that to have been the time period it took a child of divorce to go from being a child of divorce to, to an a, adult a television. Record, yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and I think similarly, you know, the, there is that bit of a delay and I think that we won't really see depictions of what familiar relationships are like right now. Like, uh, in, like poly or non cisgendered or like, even well, I still I feel know. like we're Even on the just, edge of just regular homosexual, regular, I say, like cisgendered homosexual relationships in TV media. Yeah, like I I think it's the type of thing that those interpersonal relationships between the main characters definitely on a lag mm-hmm. um, just because it's taking that much for um, these, you know, disadvantaged groups to to get that representation mm-hmm. in in a media landscape. But I was thinking more specifically like the familial relationships, oh. you know, between generationally between, you know, how, cause you know, TV writers say, don't know what it's like to have necessarily to have the parents that young people who are, who they're writing about have today. No. You yeah. Know? That's not wrong. Um, so I wonder I wonder what this says about maybe like life 10 years ago, like the, the, the depictions that we're seeing right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I think blackish is a, is a unique case. Cause I think a lot of it is a lot of that is allowing this family to preoccupy space that is more standard, sitcom space. Yeah. Just giving giving an African-American family the opportunity to occupy a space that they are not afforded a lot on television. Right. You know, and that allows them to play with older tropes and kind of recycle things that, you know, they, by virtue of being a newish thing, they get to, to put a fresh look on. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if we look at something more, well, I think it goes a long way to like, aside from that crop of like, uh, you know, blackish and fresh off the boat. Like there's not a lot of familial sitcoms that I can think of right now. Yeah. It's weird. It's all like, um, workplace stuff is is more, well, the bigger, I feel like workplace stuff is maybe on the outs a bit more. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's an era that's coming to an end. Yeah. But I feel like the family thing, there's a bunch of them right now, but they all have like a hook other than like, other than just being about a family. Yeah, because I mean, you got Fresh Off the Boat, so that's about like an Asian family in the 90s. Yeah. And then Blackish, which like a very well to do black family. And then the Goldbergs, in like a, are they that's Jewish? A, they're, they're Jewish in the 80s, 80s, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think there's like a couple more that are all like, they have hooks like that. Yeah. And then you have like well, Gifted, like, and they're all. There was mutants. that one about the. It was a family, but the young son was coming out as gay. Oh, like, yeah. I think um, that's still out. I don't know. I mean, it's the summer. Who, Who knows, knows what's <laughs> actually on television? We right don't know now. from TV anyway. Um, but yeah, you know it, what I mean? Like, that feels like that's the. That's the. There's like a bigger hook than the family of it anymore. Yeah. 
again, though, like all of those are centralized. I think most of those are centralized to ABC specifically. Oh, I think you're not wrong. Yeah. yeah. So, and that being, you know, a Disney owned company maybe has family more stuff. of a stake in presenting family comedies, you know, huh. versus like the, NBC, NBC, or... where you have. You know, more workplace or Brooklyn like and good the good place. And <laughs> They're just these, Michael Sure. Yeah. Literally like, yeah. you know, uh, so I wonder, are we seeing, well, maybe there, you know, we started, I didn't mean to make this episode about sitcoms, but like, <laughs> but kind of, I mean like the, we started off, trope. well, no, like we started off talking about 30 rock and parks and rec. Yeah. And these were all, you know, they were from 10 years ago, but they were, they were about 30 something people who were not in not at least not at the very beginning of the series, but like they're all young unattached people who were just being young professionals and trying to scrape out the place where they can have a partner, let alone a family. Yeah. Uh, And it's interesting that those families that they do build like Leslie and Liz and, even Jake and Amy on Brooklyn Nine Nine, that the generational politics of it is kind of in a back seat almost. Yeah. Um, where and maybe that's also just because they're older too. You know, like well, Leslie's mom is a bigger character early on in the show, but she's not. She's really not a factor around. in their like relationship. She's with not a factor other. in a relationship, and I think Amy's dad in Brooklyn Nine Nine is kind of a factor, but they like Jake's it, parents are are big characters, but they're not a factor yeah. in their relationship necessarily. Right. Yeah, Amy's dad's the only one who's like a factor in their relationship, and that's not just in for the like way, an episode. Yeah. Not in the way that you go back to like everybody, everybody loves, loves Raymond, Raymond, where the parents live right across the street, and, and they're, they're constantly antagonistic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, then it makes me wonder. It. I think you're right. I think there's something to like the age of when people get married. Yeah, not to make this whole podcast about uh, media marriages, but if that's where it led, that's where it led. But you know what I mean? Like you and I, even I think the blending of our family to tie it back to the real world has been easier because we are two grown people. Like well, I turned thirty <laughs> this year. Well, and not to not not to beat the the horse or anything, but you know, we are that television trope more yeah. so than like, we are more Brooklyn nine, nine than we are. Everybody loves Raymond where yeah. we're two Thank young God. urban, <laughs> we're two young urban professionals who are, you know, we live a distance from our families. Mm-hmm. We don't see they, them super often. They show up for the Christmas episode and like, <laughs> and the Thanksgiving episode, and the Thanksgiving episode. And that's about <laughs> it. And then like I'm a way better cook than Amy. You know, we, you are, it's <laughs> not you. debatable. Not, I mean, like not even a, that's not even a compliment to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, whereas maybe if we somehow were able to have gotten together 10 years ago. Well, yeah, I wonder we, about like our friends who met in high school or college, like what well, they're. Not even, necessarily, like, even if we were, even if we were still almost 30, 10 years ago. Oh, but like, like in 2008. Yeah. Maybe circumstances just would have been different. Like we would have had experienced something. Yeah. I mean, I'm understanding now that I'm undercutting my thesis. This is, this is all happening on a, on a, on a delay. Well, Um, but a little bit is cause I think like, I think, well, I don't know actually. 
No, I think you undercut your thesis. A little bit. But that's okay. Yeah. That's what thesis are or for. Or we're still stuck in that. And like the, and maybe that's why, no, oh, I'm bringing it back together. There you go. Maybe that's why so many of these, <laughs> so many of these familial comedies that are out right now are, uh, are period pieces. They're set yeah, in the well, 90s oh, and 80s. Yeah, that's exactly, like the Fresh Off the Boat and the Goldbergs and all that, like anything with a family in it has to be. And I mean, even Blackish is sometimes more about the kids than the couple. Yeah, and that's unique too because it is specifically about uh, their amount of affluence as well. Mm -hmm. Like that is a driving point of this is the show about a rich black family. Yes, it's not. It's not. You know, good times. It's right. It's more the Cosby Show if. If we could still like of, that a show. A lot of things are different. If there. we could still like that show. It is show. not the Cosby show. But I mean, they were, he was a doctor and Rainbow she was a lawyer. Doctor. But, uh, well, <laughs> Rainbow is the doctor. But you know uh, what I mean? Like they were an affluent family. Yeah. Uh, which was kind of a big deal. And that, again, was another opportunity where they really laid on. I mean, that's literally just leave it to Beaver if you get down yeah. to it, you know. But just like cooler and less annoying yeah and a bit more uh woke for women yeah yeah debatably <laughs> it was still 30 years ago it's true so. uh so all of that to say yeah because i mean the mother-in-law thing is a trope yes like, ever no one has a television relationship with their mother-in-law some people on reddit seem to. some people on reddit seem to but <laughs> um i mean as a sample size of humanity it's pretty small Sure. But you feel like those things have to exist. Dramatic things are always the ones that get written down anyway. Exactly. Nobody writes down about their pleasant relationship with their mother-in-law. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, like, it is something that, I don't know, like, I don't feel like I was ever impressed upon that that's the thing that was going to happen to me. I was in media, and, like, not in media, but, like, like uh, in the same way that I think that, like, as a woman, you get prepared for marriage like your whole life mm-hmm. in like little insidious societal ways. Like preparing to deal with a mother-in-law was always at like the back of my mind. Okay. It's weird. It's not like I was always like, that's probably fake. But like. Well, conversely, like it is kind of the only thing that really stuck out to me as like a preparing a young person, like a young man specifically yeah. for marriage is like, you know, the... Fred Flintstone, like your mother-in-law's coming type of thing. Like, um, that I'm, and again, like I just also had my own family to compare against. And like my parents had wonderful relationships with their in-laws. Like also your parents are hello chill. Yeah. I mean, that all helps. Yes. Um, it's also the Midwest. They're very stoic people. If they had problems, they wouldn't talk about it anyway. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, it was something that never rung true for me. And it was also something that didn't, it, I mean, it was tired in the sixties when Fred Flintstone was doing it. Mm-hmm. Like it never felt, it didn't, never felt like a deep well for comedy necessarily. No. Yeah. I mean, it always, unless it's come Rainbow down, and Ruby. That shit's that's hilarious. I don't funny. care. But that's the <laughs> thing about them is that they're not, they're not like, they don't actually hate each other. They just verbally spar. Real hard. Rainbow and Ruby? Yeah. 
Like, I mean, they Ruby don't, I don't think they like Rainbow. each other. Yeah, they're not like friends, but yeah. they're like family and that's yeah. okay. And like, but they don't ever like, I'm never worried that Ruby's going to try and murder Rainbow or like come up behind her and cut off all her hair. I mean, not on screen. No, not on screen. <laughs> I hope they get along as actors. Um, but yeah, I think that like I... I had always felt in my heart that like whoever I was going to be with was going to need to get along with my family and and maybe I was like braced for like combat about that. I wonder if that's a post-war thing. What do you mean? Well, I'm thinking in my head right now that and out loud. Go on. That uh <laughs> you know, these the ones that we're harping about were largely produced in the 60s. Sure. And if our time delay theory holds true, it's being written by writers who went to World War II and got married shortly after returning and then absconded with their families into the suburbs. Yeah. So, like... I imagine there would be a lot of, like, unsettled suspicion from mothers from a generation before that maybe kept families closer to their chests. Yeah. And that got to know the woman that their boys ran off with a lot easier because they were around more. Well, it was also probably the first time that you were geographic. It was a, like there was a huge explosion of media following that. Sure. A, but it was also, you had this generation that was among the first to in the 20th century, at least to, really geographically divorce itself from where its parental generation was yeah. located. Yeah, I mean, with, like, suburban suburban sprawl and, like, plane travel and train travel and, like... Also, just the economic boom. Like, people yeah, chase people jobs and you could move from St. Louis to Detroit and then and th- only see your family at major holidays. Like, yeah. Yeah, I do think... I think about that a lot, actually, that, like, I am... Like, all of my family, except for my mom's cousin, who also lives in Chicago, is back out east. And, like, the furthest away that they went, like, I think my Aunt Bonnie and Uncle Ken moved to Ohio for a little bit. And that was, Mm -hmm. like, the furthest away that anybody was, except for distant family in New Zealand. So, like, who can beat that? Well, I also wonder how much of these tropes are kind of a lash against, like, women's lib and feminism, Mm -hmm. too. Like, if these women... If not all of, you know, if this was born out of a conflict between a generation that stayed home and raised children and a generation that worked further into motherhood mm-hmm. or beyond motherhood, you know, as mm-hmm. a whole, you know, like, is that something that was maybe what these writers were unconsciously observing and turning into to poor jokes? I wonder if it's like a little bit the opposite way that like. Uh, that well, male... I definitely think it's the younger generation internalizing. Oh no! Well, I'm the... saying is like I think like male writers interpreted the relationship between like their wives and their mothers in a way that was like this is a like my wife is more women's lib and my mother is not, and they're. And I, I wish I could give them credit that they thought that. Oh no! no I don't think. Far enough. I just think that like they're like obviously women don't get along. Yeah, without seeing like the the societal things that right. are causing that bit of conflict between the two parties. That they're like, ladies, please don't fight over me. Yeah. And like, and I'm not actually sure that there always is that conflict, except for that like 
like I said, especially in previous generations, if the only power you give women is that they are mothers, Mm -hmm. then when they don't need to be mothers anymore, what do they do? You know, they don't, they don't have another role. You kind of discard them. As like empty nesters. Yeah. Like Like, when their, when their son or their daughter grows up and moves away and gets married, then they don't need to parent anymore. What do they do? Well, especially when they become geographically removed from their family and they don't get to play the grandmotherly role that they were maybe otherwise unconsciously looking forward to. I mean, probably consciously in a lot of consciously ways. too, yeah. But like the the whole trope of like, when are you gonna have kids that we've already experienced? Yeah, <laughs> not from our mothers. Like no. your your mom's chill, waiting for whenever. My mom only did it once, and she said it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> My mom's a grandma already. Yeah, so that, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. She's in no hurry. It's old hat. Yeah, for her. <laughs> um. Yeah, I wonder. It's kind of blowing there's the whole a lot, thing open, huh? There's a lot going on here. Right? Welcome mm. to this podcast. <laughs> and I mean, like, all those are tensions that are personally unfolding for people all the time. Yeah. Like, I mean, and it was always like, just, you didn't pick this person who's joining your family. If you, are the, if you are the mother-in-law or the father-in-law or the in-law and whatever, like, you didn't pick the person that your, like, child decided to get married to. Mm-hmm. And you have to trust their judgment that that person is a good person, and your ma- like their decision makes them family to you. Unless you did. Unless you did, and I guess that's 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 a thing that does happen. Yeah, I would be really curious to like, just because I don't know. I feel like. I know nothing about arranged marriages Me neither. to begin with, but I wonder just like, do you the f- on like the, cause like it is in the open and kind of like a business agreement. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, that's you know, what you, marriage was before the like totally. mid century decided to romanticize it. Totally. But uh, I'm wondering like, mid century, do 1800s. you get to just by nature of like having that bit of, negotiating like you learn things about your your soon-to-be family that quell those sorts of things yeah i wonder if like it is easier to have a relationship with your extended family if you are from an arranged marriage than from one where like you love the the person that you've met yeah like (laughs) like you're getting to know all of these people at an equal pace yeah at the same time versus I met like us, like I met you, and, and we were like, together for a, a year, year before we met in-laws and yeah. stuff. And like, you know, no matter like we're gonna be thirty years into this, and I'll always be a, a year, year behind, behind getting to know your family, right? Versus getting to know you, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's so. In- that's... Isn't it interesting to think about? Man, humans are amazing, <laughs> <laughs> and also kind of weird. Like, yeah interpersonal relationships are always kind of strange. Like we have a lot of tension about, I think the tension comes from like, this is the way that we have chosen to live our lives. And you, my child are choosing to live your life in a different way. And you've broken off from me like a spore Mm -hmm. and you're going to go like do something else. And, and like the opportunity to change pace, if you feel like your kid's doing something wrong is gone. Like, you know what I mean? Like you have to trust that you did the best job you could and that they are an competent enough person to like create a whole family like you did. 
I don't know. But you have to do that while respecting boundaries. Yes. you. <laughs> I mean, generally speaking, respect boundaries. <laughs> and I think, like, for us, like, blending our families together has, like, been mostly pretty easy. There's been some rocky bits of, like, adjusting to, like, holiday expectations and, like... No more, no worse than anyone else. Oh though, no, I think. I mean, like, in, in no way do I feel like I don't. I don't feel like anybody is I think, like antagonistic. Like we were just saying, like I think the rocky bits we had were understood for people that you were kind of being compelled to get to know all of a sudden. Yeah, like, yeah, and I yeah. think like we're growing into a stronger relationship every time we hang out with our folks, mm-hmm. and it's harder because we don't see them very much either set of parents. Yeah. Which, but, if my theory holds true, means we're going to have a lot of intergenerational strife here when we go to have kids. Oh, man. Watch out. <laughs> my mom listens to this. Hey, mom. We cool. <laughs> I think it'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that was 100% a joke. I know. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, it's just weird. Like, I kind of wish that mom was here, actually, to talk about it, too, because I know that she had some, like, a interesting and hard time with familial expectations from her Mm in-laws and like my grandparents. And that was a very different situation too, because they were everything they were not. They were much younger. They got married when they were like 17 and 18. They were geographically much closer. They went to high school together. They like lived like maybe half an hour tops apart. I don't even think that far. So yeah, like there's a lot. That's circumstances that we'll never know. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, you and I met, on the internet when I was here and you were in Arizona and mm-hmm. we long distance dated for like a half a year before we even met each other. Not a half a year. Well, like four months. No, it was like a month and a half. It was not. It was longer than that. Cause it was it July was... to September. Is that a month and a half? That's a month and a half. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's two months. No. Cause it was the start of July. July, August, and then September. Anyway. Can you hear my eye roll? (laughs) (laughs) We're getting married. (laughs) Um. But you know what I mean? Like, we, yeah, we did have totally different situations. We got to kind of ease into meeting each other. We met each other as adults who had lived by ourselves. We both had lived by ourselves. For a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And we both had, like, full sets of social like friends, like we have totally separate social circles that mm-hmm. we've blended together as we've gotten to know each other. And like your family and my family had like very different experiences of life in general. Mm-hmm. That's just interesting to like, think about how different and I, I'm your family, the way that your mom and dad met is very different than how we met too. They're more similar to us than your parents. Yeah. Like they were older. They, they were friends for a while before they got together romantically. Right. Um, but, but like your were, mom had already They been. were a little, they were actually a little younger than us when they got married, I think. Well, apparently, according to my mother, two years ago was when she had me, so we should hurry up and have kids. <laughs> yeah. I She's going to be like, Liz, that was a joke. My mom would have been... Twenty-seven. When my she mom was had, 27 when they got married. When they got married. When her and my dad got married. And my she dad, had already had two kids who were, like, she had had them pretty young. Yes. Well, that changes the situation, too. Also, yeah. All, like, 
game change, like game change in general. Trump card. Chil- children <laughs> in general just like throw everything up in the air. Yeah. Um, yeah, my parents were would have been if you if you average them out, they would have been exactly like as old as we are getting married. Oh, thank you. So, I think that sounds right. We'll ask them later. Yeah, I can do the math. <laughs> I just I don't have a piece of paper. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, your parents did they have to travel to visit their no? Because like your whole extended family. Yeah, my dad. Except lived, for some of your mom's family. My dad lived two blocks from his dad. His, his parents when they got when my parents got married. Yeah. And I think when my parents got married, my mother was living. Uh, it's like a quarter mile from my grandparents' place. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like my grand, my Which parents both lived. are eight miles apart. <laughs> so my parents and my parents' parents. So. Dang. Yeah. yeah. For the most of my, like, childhood, except for, like, one year, my parents lived a half an hour away from my grandparents by car. And my grandmother lived with us, my mom's mom. That's too close. <laughs> it's too close. <laughs> I think my mom would agree <laughs> about her, not about my grandma. Although, you know. Yeah. <laughs> my grandparents were only two blocks away, and, like, we would go weeks without seeing them. So. <laughs> weird that's how we are with <laughs> friends now i feel like yeah. when's the last time we saw johnny yeah. june june <laughs> johnny i'll call him uh i'm not gonna call him i'm gonna text him no one calls anymore don't be rude don't Liz. be rude i uh, think you're in the hospital <laughs> was this an emergency and that everyone else you know is dead <laughs> <laughs> why'd you call me um what other thoughts do you have about mother-in-laws? Feel like feel like my mom likes you better than she likes me half the time. Same. That's not true. No, my mom loves me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, your mom, your mom, your mom loves me a lot, and I feel very welcomed. No, that's true. Yeah. Final thoughts. Yeah. Wrap it up. Come on. Pull it all together. Tidy little bow. I think the missing piece here is that I don't ever remember seeing the grandparents on happy days. There weren't any. Exactly. Like I don't know what was happening there. Like I don't know but that it, story. That wasn't the story about that wasn't the story about the mom and dad. It's a it's a familial sitcom. No, it's a school sitcom. No, it's a no. No. No, it is about <laughs> a set of, it's about two parents in Milwaukee. Their son who goes who gets disappeared in season one. <laughs> their daughter, their son, and his three friends that I think only live at their house. So Yeah, so I think it's the same as like that seventies show where like it's about the friends, but the parents have storylines too. Uh, or like Boy Meets World, where like it's about the friends, but the parents sometimes have storylines. But uh, only if they relate to the kids. Maybe. That's my thought. Maybe. There's a, that's why you're not seeing any in-laws, because it's never about their marriage. They're always happy. You do see the in-laws in that 70s show, though. And Red that has exactly the relationship you would expect to have with yes. Kitty's mom. That explains, That makes sense because Kitty and Red's relationship is kind of contentious generally, even though they love each other very much. No, no. It's, no? They're solid as a rock. What are you Am talking about? Am I wrong? About? <laughs> I didn't watch a lot it's of that combative. show. It's combative. Ashton Kutcher really bothered me, <laughs> so uh, I never really watched that show. He was too sharp. Yeah, for the time his, period. His, yeah, that's part of it. And also, I was like, "You're so smarmy. You have a dumb haircut because they made you, and you're not as cool as you think you are." 
whatever. He is far and away the most famous person that come out of that show. Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. Wilmar Valderrama. <laughs> is everybody forgetting about win a date with Tad Hamilton? <laughs> whatever. That show's been off the air for like 20 years and only three of those people are still working. So... <laughs> And uh, one of them is red. So yeah, I mean he'll never stop working. No, he's he's been he's got debts going straight. He's got debts. <laughs> I don't think that's true. So. <laughs> he's just made a career out of he playing seems to love stern what he does. dad. It's like him and Chris Elliott. No, who's the other one? The Chris. It's not Chris Tucker, and I'm pretty sure it's not Chris Elliott because I think Chris Elliott's that kind of schlubby looking white guy, com- comedian, actor. Chris something. Who's the dad from like October Sky? Oh, I don't know that guy's last name. But he's like I know who he you're talking about. And the guy playing Red are like in the running for like Stern Dad has, of the Year. He has that guy more than Red though. Has every one of his movies ends in an epilogue about how he died tragically, <laughs> like <laughs> in love with Black Lung. years before his <laughs> wife did, yeah. and how she retired quietly into like Virginia Beach or yes, something. Yes, and she lived with her roommate uh, Stella. <laughs> Very happily in a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, America. Uh, I think that probably wraps us up. We've yeah. talked. We've talked about uh, mothers-in-law in real life in the media. I feel like what a thank you for coming on and talking about this. Is this me. the most aimless episode of the show you've done so far? Definitely not. Okay. Did you listen to the one we did about wedding fatigue? Of course. No, not. you did not. You didn't <laughs> listen to my podcasts. <laughs> you hear me talking? I do enough. too. I listen right over there. You should edit them. <laughs> not this one. Um, I, I think that I actually feel like this was a really interesting deep dive and I hope that our listeners, uh, appreciate it. If our listeners out there have mother-in-law stories that they would like to tell us, or if you're out there and you're like, my mother-in-law's great. Uh, here's a picture of her. Please send it along to MWIC podcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear about it. Um, you can find us on Instagram at MWIC underscore podcast. I'll repost a picture of your mama if you want me to. I'll do it. Don't even test me. Um, thanks as always to our composer, Charles E. Miller, for her music. Check her uh, out at her website, charlesemiller.com. Listen to her music on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music. I don't know. Fucking get your Zune out of the closet and <laughs> give it a go. <laughs> um, uh, you know... Uh, the general whole, you find us on our blog, our WordPress blog, myweddingindustrialcomplex.wordpress.com. Um, keep in touch and as always do what you can afford. Okay. Bye. Bye.